Hello, this is your pop culture Persephone. I know it's been quite a while, but quite a while if you're if you're clocking in, probably over a week, which is way too long until you've heard from me. But we are going to talk a little, just a tiny little bit about Miss Brittany Jean Spears. But I cannot do this without my wonderful friend, Sir William Roger Connors. So I'm going to invite him in one second. Hi guys, I'm in my gym right now. I haven't been in here for like six months because I burnt my gym down, unfortunately. Um, I had two candles and yeah, one thing led to another and I burned it down. So I'm in here and I only have two pieces of equipment left and I'm gonna show you guys what I do I, I let, let me get let me gather my druthers. Hold on, oh, I you know I just I wasn't prepared. I'm fixing myself up. I mean this is a hot topic. We got to get in deep. We've been waiting. I'm several beverages in. How are you feeling? Oh, I am very drunk. Oh, good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. My my dog is is crawling on me right now. And also, full transparency, while we are socially distancing, I have been around, sir. What? Sir William Roger Connors today, um, yes, and our, and my dog. Well, we were listening to Patty Labelle just a bit ago, drinking margaritas. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's really no need for us to be separated, but we're trying to, you know, stick to the mission, which is being socially distant. Um, it's hard. It is difficult. <laughs> it's quite hard. So, I mean, I am not here. As you guys heard in the introduction before this, I played a clip of Miss Brittany Jean Spears talking about burning her gymnasium, her home gymnasium down. Um, we, we have all heard it. It's been played over and over. It's been laughed at. It's been mocked at. I am not here, nor is Roger. We both, we both suffer from um and have been surrounded by mental health issues our entire life. We are not here to make fun of that. No, we, we're more here to analyze correct. and to observe. Oh, is that Dexter? That would be Dexter. That would oh, be Dexter goodness. again. Um, yes, exactly. We are here to do those things. And I think I think it's very important to lay that out at the beginning. And also yeah. to let people know that we both have enormous enormous love affection adoration for Brittany Jean Spears we do and I think people need to keep in mind when it comes to discussing any topic with mental illness uh, at least speaking as someone who you know struggles with my own fair share of baggage and has struggled that um you know there's a difference between having a sense of humor about the topic and and mocking it I feel and I think it's important to, with any of these topics, have a little bit of levity and like a little bit of like a tongue-in-cheek approach, um, especially when you've lived with it, you kind of just know how to dissect it <laughs> right. in a loving way. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Brittany, and there's going to be some light poking. But at the end of the day, anything we say, um, our end goal for Brittany is for her to be happy, Well, uh, no matter what that means. If it means cheesy grits and a pair of sweat, <laughs> uh, sweat shorts that ride up her butt cheeks. <laughs> Whatever it may be, I want her to have it. I want her to have that joy. Correct. So to, to get our audience up to speed, if, if you do, I follow Brittany on the regular. I mean, I follow her on Instagram. I follow her. Mostly I follow her on Instagram. I was going to say something deeper than that, but there is nothing. Instagram is enough. Instagram, I think, gives us everything we could possibly want um, because, I mean, it's just a montage of her spinning and twirling <laughs> and kicking in very tiny skirts. So there is this very um, big theme. I don't want to call it a theme, but like a, it's very evident with Brittany in regards to, I would say, Instagram, especially, and really everything in her career, and that is I am going to I'm going to show my greatest self or I'm going to show my most positive self. Mm-hmm. You, you, while there are what I like to say, celebrities that are overexposed and will do anything to be like, 
I'm just going to show, I'm going to show you everything good and bad. And at times I'm going to cry. You're not going to get that from Brittany. No, you're just- no, but you know what else you're not going to get from Brittany? Like a lot of these artists who do try to put forward their best selves, you get a very Photoshopped version of who they are. You get a gloss over silk screened, um, unattainable, like a like a Beyonce social media. You know, every photo well, is touched up. Every, every photo is updated. Britney, you might be getting a very chipper variation of Britney, but it sure as hell ain't photoshopped. You're seeing every smudge of eyeliner. You're seeing every every you are. inch of her. And you know it ain't. It, no, there, no one's going in there and fucking touching that shit up. She's filming it and she's posting it before anyone can get their hands on it. I, I agree with you. I agree with you to a certain point. But it, it it is interesting what she, like you said, yeah, she doesn't, it, it's odd It's odd in the things that she tries and she does not try to touch up. So right. there is a lot of shit going on. And this is, I'm talking, this is pre- People don't realize this. She's getting a lot of attention for these posts right now during this COVID-19 pandemic. The fact of the matter is, prior to this, leading up to this, especially very much ramping up in the last year and a half, there has been a lot of crazy activity on her Instagram site. It's only been crazy activity for the last several years. And um, some people do know that she had a show in Vegas for quite a Mm -hmm. while. She had a very, uh, very popular show in Vegas for a little bit off and on for a year, year and a half, um, which she was very, it looked like it was very stabilizing and very good for her because she has expressed how she likes to be in one place. Her kids were with her, but at the same time, people have to keep in mind that ever since, and Roger, please clarify with me if you know the date that is correct um her father jamie has had guardianship over britney's britney's like financial decisions since i believe i think blackout era okay everything after the blackout era i think i mean honestly everything that her in a spiral it when she returned to the scene with womanizer i think was around the time that he had regained uh, or had had gained control over her whole estate um from my understanding because there was a complete revamp in her in her style holistic approach in her look everything was so polished all of a sudden you saw her in a lot of well very... it wasn't yeah wasn't circus right after blackout though what album was was womanizer on i don't i don't know but Honestly, the you know, and, and critics have said this. Critics have said this, and people are like, "What critics with Britney and yeah. like a critically yes, the blackout her best critically acclaimed album was during the most difficult period of her life was yeah. Blackout, which is the gimme more like gimme gimme mo gimme mo gimme gimme. It's the best one of the best. Which, and when yeah. but the problem is when people think about that song, they think of that. That VMA when people listen when oh, people God, still nobody gives a fuck now nope. about the VMAs no but at one time people watched the VMAs yeah, yeah. and and especially if Britney Spears was going to be on you absolutely yeah. watch the VMAs and let's go into and, all the reasons why that VMA performance went down as oh, something iconic for all the wrong reasons it's heartbreaking well first it's of really all heartbreaking if you look at her she looks heavily sedated. Like, yes, and, she's and, missing her lip syncs. So, yeah, so we all know that, especially during a VMA performance of someone that is not, yeah. so, especially at this time, at yeah. this period of time, if you're not like the Foo Fighters or the White Stripes, and we're talking about that period of time when these people were at the top of their game, you're not getting a live performance, obviously. Right. I don't, and Brittany who has always done highly choreographed performances. She's not doing, she's not doing that live. No. She's singing a little bit. Yeah. She's singing a little bit. There's a mic there on her attached to her, but no, it's she's singing over top of her singing. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 
and the backing track is doing most of the work for that exactly which is a very 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 standard it's like her vegas show right it's like her vegas show that was the most recent as well um and if people are so fucking naive and ignorant to that fact going to that show i feel bad for you yeah and they really don't know what you're getting into no because you're going you're going there for something you're not going she's not celine dion no. If I'm going to see Celine Dion in Vegas at Caesars, my goddamn dream, even though she's not there anymore, I, obviously I know that that is Celine sing, singing. Because you're going it. for a vocal experience. That's she's not dancing. She's not. She's maybe standing on a platform waving her arms. Well, and it's Celine Dion. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a different thing, but yeah. so. I understand what I'm going for, but unfortunately, so this performance was so built up with the VMAs because there was so much, there was so much goddamn crazy drama happening around Britney at this time. She had just, she had just broken up with Kevin Federline, uh-huh. you know, they had, they had had, and, you know, he had gotten some. In all honesty, I mean, not that he was a great guy, yeah. but looking back, it wouldn't have mattered what guy she was with at this time. I think people were still very upset about the fact that he released that single, Pope Zao, that was considered, <laughs> that was considered to be the worst single ever released uh, at that horrible. time. And I think to this day. So I think that no matter what, you can't show him in a good light because of that fucking album. Um, we will never forgive Kevin Federline for Pope Zao. For Pope Zao, no, no. Um, lest we forget, but, um, yeah, no, I think, I think the unfortunate thing is like, I think she was just, when she released Blackout, I think she was in the midst of like her own kind of turmoil that unfortunately is just so public when you're that famous, it's just kind of inevitably in the public eye, especially someone like Britney, who's always lived in the public eye since she hit the peak of her fame. It's just kind of how it's always been. It's the one thing even sustaining her now because she's not releasing new material. I don't think she fucking wants to. The only thing she's really got is is the public eye, and that's why she's still a figurehead. But at that time, I think people were for the first time introduced to the humanity of Britney Spears, which is the fact that she had that massive breakdown. And it wasn't just a one event situation with the he- the shaving of the head. Um, well, yeah, well, Roger, the whole, I mean, the performance after, the performance of Give Me More at VMA was, VMAs was after, yeah. after all of that. Oh, I know. After- so she was still, I mean, the whole blackout era was the midst of her being at her low. That's why I yeah. remember when the album came out, people were kind of shocked. But it was a darker, grittier sound because I think she was she was willing to try new things because she wasn't necessarily her most stable. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm just saying I think kind of artistically, I think when people in with me- people who struggle with mental health, when we're kind of spiraling, I think we are also our most creative. Right. You know, oh, no, no, I- no, no, that album is like if it, that album is a banger, though, it yeah. is a great album. Oh, yeah. And um. I mean, I love, I really do love so much of her stuff, even the cheesy stuff. But, like, that performance was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because as a person that she is, as which I don't think Britney will ever be like, I, I and I, I, I don't want to speak for her, but I love her to death. And I know very much that she sees herself as a performer. Yeah. And she just, and she's, and she probably says with a smile, I'm a performer. Yeah. I'm a, like, I'm not a vocalist. I'm not a this. I'm a, I'm a performer. Yeah. I'm a total package, which means, and I'm the type of person too, because I never feel like, oh, I'm good. I'm wonderful in all, all these things. Right. But if you're going to put me on the stage, I'm going to fucking perform for you. Yeah. Which for, for people who are performers like us, we are foolers. I, yeah. but fun foolers like we're like I'm gonna give you a hell of a fucking show because yeah. I'm not great in any of these individual things but I'm kind of good and I got enough so, charisma and to- I have so much fucking charisma and Brittany yeah. has charisma coming out those 
pores. But during that performance, unfortunately, I, I think know that so broke sedated. that broke that broke your heart. Yeah, because you could see, I mean, that energy just wasn't there that I'm used to from her. And you know, honestly, and I think you'll hear this, though she definitely bounced back, I don't think we ever saw her fully grasp the complete um like uh, she never really has ever hit the, her prime again in the sense of I think her devotion to the craft. I think she's kind of spotting her way through. I think she has her good days and her days. But overall, if you watch some of her older live performances, some of her videos, I, there is a spark and an energy there that I just don't think she's ever really had again. Since she there was- is no, 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 I know, and I abs- I absolutely agree with you. But I have to interject. Mm-hmm. There is also another element to this. Uh-huh. During her when she first kind of got together with um, Kevin Federline. Um, people don't know, people should know this by now if you're a Britney Spears fan. Um, it was during the I fucking, the name of this tour is so weird. Is it like the Black Hotel? The Hot Hotel? It's something about the Dirty Hotel. Something about a hotel. Regardless. Um, during that time period, was she <laughs> Which you could, they had to like close, they had to like shut down that tour early on because there was, she had a injury of some sort. Which it is was her leg injury, up, her knee. It was that knee injury. Yeah. And, and um, the handlers were really pissed off about it because this was her first sign of independence, really. Because, yeah, yeah she had a knee injury, but it was probably because she was fucking around. Mm-hmm. And probably because the first time, ever she was fucking around without 17 handlers around her right because her and kevin were like running around getting fucked up just you know just being kids being sporadic and just well she's she did not have that same he did but she didn't have that yeah so she was being who she was being got injured but the problem with that is at that level well, you are fucking up this many people's lives. Yeah. Now all these other people are not working. Mm-hmm. So with that, with that came the pressure from like, uh, I think his name is Gary or Barry Rudolph, her manager at the time, mm-hmm. of like, you got to keep on producing. I don't give a shit what's going on. Yeah. I know you're having babies. I know this is ha- like it never stopped. Mm-hmm. She kept, but. She kept on like a sweet southern girl, and how and and as she was told, keep on smiling through this shit, and yeah. keep on acting like everything is fine. Yeah, and she still does it a little bit on her Instagram now. Like she's never gonna. Sh- I would love it if I had one one Instagram post of her being like, "I'm having a really hard day," and let's yeah. talk about mental health. Yeah. But I don't think we're gonna get that from her. Yeah, I think she. I think she does it in other ways, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't think she'll ever be that comfortable to do it in that manner. But I do think she, in a way, gets it. But that was very difficult during that Gimme More thing. Because yeah, because she was not used to. This was the this was the VMAs that she owned the Video Music Awards. Yeah, her. I mean, there's only a few artists that if you think about mm-hmm. that, if you talk about like to me defining the VMAs, that was the '90s. Yeah, it was the late '90s. Yeah, it was her. It was NSYNC. It was so much. It was Madonna. Yeah. Madonna opened it up in Vogue, and then you went into like Britney. And, and Christina, NSYNC, Christina, you know, you the the big boy bands, even Backstreet Boys. I mean, yeah. these people. And then you went into like, like, you know, you too. Like, yeah, I would say like, and like the rappers, the right, like uh, P. Diddy, P. Diddy, Missy, like the ones who really understood the format of visual visuals oh yeah missy i mean missy, missy is defining defining yeah a yeah. little kim yeah the ones who are like um we understand what this is for and we are going to show you and brit was right at the beginning and right, right at the top of that really right because i always think of that amazing prefer- i think her first performance actually 
on the VMAs was before, which is hilarious. Because you just, it just, the thing that she kind of like opened for them was before the, um, before NSYNC. Yeah. Because she, at that point, I don't think she was on tour with them. She may have been on tour with them Mm -hmm. um, the year before, but like, it was the whole school setting and they both yeah. did the whole school setting. Yeah. And he opened it up and they ended it. And I'm like, that happens. I will give, I will give MTV at that time period that good for you. You fucking made those productions happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck you're doing now, but that was amazing. You know, I don't think it's a matter now of uh, not to I mean, interject, but like, just, just you know, not, I think what, unfortunately, for like the MTV VH1, that whole era, um, now with social media, it's just everything is accessible at your fingertips. Exactly. To have, to have a major event like an award show is almost kind of null and void because like if I'm a, if I'm an artist, if I'm Britney and I want to suddenly upload a live performance to my social media, I'm going to get millions of views on that alone. I don't I need know. a platform. I don't I need... So I think part of the reason that MTV uh, can't recapture the glory days is just because there's other means for individuals to to access that content without it. Before when, you know, before we had social media, people waited for these events because you couldn't see people at any other time perform. Exactly. Well, yeah, there was still a little bit of intrigue, Mm -hmm. as I like to call it. And I, uh, I guess I, I might be, I'm definitely old fashioned. Mm hmm. Because I definitely would love to have a little bit more of that. I think it's really cool to have yeah. like something as intrigue. And I think it's very difficult for artists to do that now because their agents are like, no, we got this. It's not. Let's release it now. And we can do it immediately. We have no barriers. Right. And back then there was, we did not, back then, like, like, I always remember, this is so funny. Like, I always remember, and I was working at a pizza place at the time when this happened. Like, I was cooking in the back, like, making the sauce, like an Italian, old Italian woman. And um, one of our, like, guys that, like, delivered pizzas, like, ran back. It was Thursday night, and he was like, holy shit, um, Britney Spears and Madonna just, like, tongue-kissed on television. And he was like, um, it was hot. I was in someone's house and I saw it when I was delivering a pizza. And he said this because at this time it was not on a it was not on a phone. I hear barking. It sounds like somebody Jesus Christ. Yeah, it sounds like someone is irritated by the notion Oh, it's because of Britney Spears and Madonna having tongue kissing. Hey. Now, my neighbors right now, just to let people know, or there's many dogs at my neighbor's house right now, and there's cupcakes. I have no idea. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, at this time, it was so funny because that sounds so stupid to so many people who might be listening. But, like, this shows this was before it was accessible to, like, watch this on your phone in a second. Like, this dude delivered a pizza at someone's house. And while he was getting his sip, was sitting there watching Madonna kiss Britney Spears. Sounds like a good day. And, and like dying. Because <laughs> he was like, holy shit. That was the hottest thing I've seen all night. You know what I mean? Because it was hot. It was fucking awesome. Right. And hot. And cool. And like no one expected it. Yeah. And it was like, that shit... And unexpected. And, like, you had to, like, kind of be there for it. And now I love the immediacy that we have of technology. But that shit, like, there, that was kind of cool to, like, live through. Yeah, like, now it loses its, it completely it? loses its, uh, the allure of it by the fact that, like, you can watch it online right after. It's not one of those things, like, you've got to be there in the moment. There's so many other ways to get your fingertips on it with any of these award shows. I think that's why they lose so much viewership is that urgency isn't there because right. you could see it wherever, you know, you can and watch it. Your just, I mean, it was funny when I think about it, because this was early 2000s mm-hmm. and I had to wait. This is so funny to think about 
like this shows you how different like the technology is like <coughs> they had not figured it out yet internet wise right like i had to wait like to watch the recap on mtv again yeah at a certain time i'm yeah. like oh so they're gonna play this I'm like, oh, awesome! Because I don't work at this time, I can watch the entire thing. Now I could, now I, now I could like Google this up at any time and be like, okay, right, and watch it. But I'm just like, it's so funny to think about. Yeah, these performances serve a different purpose now. Now it's all about algorithms and and right. you know, after you, you know, say you're performing on the Grammys, your goal is to get the most, you know, out of all the performers, whoever has the most, uh, most tweets or most you know, overall viewership of that moment is that's determined by how many people are talking about it. You got it. it. You got it. it. It's just so weird now how, how that works. But at that time when she did that, I mean, unfortunately at that time, it was just what all everyone was talking about because it still had the impact. Uh, I remember Mad TV doing a skit of it where they had <laughs> the actor that played Stuart for played her. Oh. And it was one of the, it was dead on, but like, oh, you felt so bad for her at the same time. And I remember hearing, like, I mean, it was so dissected and, and analyzed, and that was really unfortunate for her. But, like, her hair, I remember her stylist uh, left right beforehand because he just couldn't work with her. So, she, you know, she did her own hair. Remember how bad her hair looked? It was just like, I, her hair didn't look bad, but it also looked perfectly Britney. It did. Like, I look at that whole thing. Like, Madonna looked polished as a fucking peach yeah. because... That bitch ain't going out looking. That's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. Mm -hmm. I love her, and other people hate her. Yeah, it's a whole other episode. But she looks. She was in control, polished as a peach. But I will say that Brittany, yeah, look a little bit draggled. Christina, everyone forgot about who was hitting. Who was hitting insane notes and riffs, and it was like it did not matter because. That shows you the power at that time of a camera, yeah. of one camera and what they're going to hit and who they care about. Yeah. They hit that kiss of those two. Well, they, there was another kiss after that, but nobody gives a shit. Right. Right. Because the, and Madonna knew. Madonna fucking knew. She's like, oh, if I'm thinking the long kiss, it will be the Britney. Because yeah. she's she, and she's Madonna has always, always in a very odd way had her finger on the pulse. She, well, she's always been very loving and affectionate and um, support, very supportive of Britney. They have collaborated yeah. uh, multiple times, not only on one or two songs, uh, but in Madonna's tour, Madonna, Madonna had this. And I think a lot of it has to do with media attention and misunderstanding. Yeah. And I, I do believe, and Brittany's always been very open about how much she loves Madonna and how much she admires her. Yeah. And I do believe that Madonna has brought her under her wing because yeah. Brittany has never been a person like, I would say, Christina Aguilera, who is amazing. But Christina Aguilera is a fucking artist. Yeah, and she's gonna be like Madonna. You can't teach me shit. Fuck off. Listen. I think Britney the most mirrors Madonna in the sense that Madonna is a performer who sings. Madonna's not correct. Correct. Carry a song, but she's a performer who sings. Britney's another one. She's a performer who sings. Christina's a vocalist. Yes. First, who can dance? Gaga. I think well, the reason. I mean, not to go Gaga on this, but I think the reason Madonna is so resistant, Gaga. Is because I do think she is everything Madonna is, but she's a step up. And oh, I well, yeah, so uh, like a, a few steps, big steps up, big steps. Yeah, so I think Madonna, because I think Madonna looks at her as taking her shtick and just doing it better. Of course, Madonna is embittered, but Britney, I don't think Britney ever be <laughs> Madonna. I just think she was another variation of the same formula, you know. And I think Madonna respects that because I think up to that point there hadn't been another pop star of that magnitude you know there are always right. pop girls but after madonna i would literally go madonna britney you know like all the ones then the next generation is gaga you've got different kind of artists who are just the, the top tier 
female performer of that era. And so, I yeah, I, I think it makes sense why uh, Madonna would gravitate towards Britney. Because I don't feel like Britney ever tried to take Madonna's shtick. The help? Brit- yeah, the... Well, I do, and I do think there's a thing, Roger, with, like, um, a respect level. Yeah. <laughs> the fact yeah. that, um, Madonna, I mean, Brittany, coming from, you know, uh, that, Ella, where is she from? She's from, uh, what is it called? Kenny, Kennington, oh, God, I can't even say it right. Um, I know this. I know this area she is from. It, it is a tiny area in Alabama. Uh, but she's never she's never been um, dishonest about her love for her and her like I think there's always been some type of weird thing with her and Madonna and the fact that Madonna has always been proudly sexual. And yeah. Brittany Early on, especially if you look at just walk, look at that management by Larry Rudolph. She was like, she's ex- she is. We're gonna market her very sexual, but she's not allowed to talk about anything sexual. Yeah, that was and, so strange. And uh, it's going to be one thing and not the other, but we're gonna market her in a very weird way. But she's going to be like. I'm just going to smile and nod. And I feel like she always loved Madonna in a way because she was like, I want to be a little bit more like this in which this woman at my own age was like, I don't care about what you think. Yeah. Because I'll be quite honest, as a woman who is a bit older than you, Roger, I'm not going to say my age, but growing up, like, Madonna was my idol. I loved her. And I grew up with, like, Catholic school and everything, and I was blown away by this Italian-American woman like me. Not that I was born, I mean, like, born here, but, like, Italian-based. And I'm like, wait a second. You had free thought as like a woman, like sexually, like it's okay to like want to have sex. It's okay to like have these feelings. It's okay to have like I that never that would have never honestly. <laughs> entered my mind as an okay thing without Madonna and that there are so many people would would think that is so horrible but it's like I went to Catholic school and it was like they were kind of tight and I but then I had Madonna I had that was kind of amazing you know it's like this woman does not give a shit and she's proud, and she seemed to be wearing a crucifix on her. Like, there was so much shit that was insane. And I love that, because I also love the fact that I know that Brittany looks at that, and looked at that and said, there's a way out for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I am, I am, well, first off, Brittany was, let's all remind people, Brittany wasn't just like 15 entering this. Brittany was very young. She was actually 11 years old entering the the world of like people looking at her because she was on the Disney Channel. She was like in the new like Mickey Mouse Club for a couple years. And then that got canceled. She went away and then she came back when she was about Mm -hmm. 15, 16 with um, hit me baby one more time which was created by some amazing genius amazing uh swedish guy they, is it matt Martin? yeah they, well uh, the swedes all they make the best hits i always i think based off what you're saying though is something to be acknowledged is like from day one with her early on since star search this girl was bred to be a certain formula. Oh, and also, th- Roger Burnham, Star Search. Star Search, she yeah. was around 12 when this happened with Star Search, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think the unfortunate thing, and I think, I mean, the only person you can say the truth would be Brittany, but um, I don't think Brittany really ever got to have a say. No, agreed, agreed. I think that comes down to today, you know, coming full circle with what we've been saying with her father having control over her, her over her estate and over her, you know, her just as a management in general. Um, I don't think she's ever been completely free. I think she was bred to be a performer. I think she fit the the mold of what was becoming popular at that time. I think she ended up to be the strongest fit as she proved. Um, and I don't think, I really don't think Brittany, I, I have no idea what Brittany actually wants for herself because I don't think she's ever gotten to experience otherwise. Right. So I think a lot to be said with her mental state right now, honestly, I look at it kind of bad because, um, I just don't think she's ever had complete total freedom. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I don't necessarily believe she even wants to be doing this anymore. Um, I stand by that idea. I think, I mean, I think she loves her fans and appreciates them, but do I think she wants to record another song? No. Do you remember that song, Fucking Pretty Girls? No, that was all horrible. 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 horrible and like, I don't really give a fuck about it. I think she had her moment. I don't think she needs to be at the top again. Uh, do I necessarily think that won't be the case? No, I'm sure she'll dabble again in music. But like right now, you know, looking at who she is and what she does and what she, you know, represents on her social media, I just think that she's kind of trying to get a grasp of where she is as she closes on 40, find her own happiness. And I think her happiness is as simple as making those cute little fucking videos that she posts on her uh, Instagram, whether it be her spinning and doing an arabesque or it be her burning down her, her gym. Um, cause there is a naivete in her delivery and everything. Okay. 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 I, I agree, but I'm going to interject right now because we, because we have been brought to the front of this conversation and I must talk about this for a second, y'all. Okay. And with you, Roger, cause we have talked yes. about this. Okay. The burning down of... The gym. the gym is one thing because this apparently happened a couple months ago, which happened. Yeah. There was many. I know many people actually that have burned down rooms for just the same things accidentally. Yeah, it was. I think it was the delivery of the. So, I burnt down my room. She did it in a way in which she was saying. Not apologetically and not in a, let me explain to you, but in a statement of fact. So, I used to have a gym. I burnt down my room. And it is yeah, no longer here because of candles. There's not even like a pause. She's like, so in case you may have heard, I burned down my gym. Like, it is like so matter of fact. Roger, Roger, could you hold on one second? One yeah. second. Um, no, and that is very intriguing to me about the whole thing of like how she delivered that and why she delivered that with the whole um, do you know like what said why she thought it was important for us to say so I'm back in my gym I haven't been here for months because I burned it down months ago. I love it though. I but love what, that she's but so. What does that mean? But what? Ugh, why? Why do we have to need to know that? That is the big question. Like literally, this is the shit that that keeps me up at night. Like Brittany. I had no one needed to know about this. But Brittany, okay, listen, I love her, but and you and I, you, I know you'll agree on this. She's great, but she ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. And I say that in the most endearing way possible. I love it about her. Take me back to sporadic when she was on that goddamn treadmill. And look at the camera. She goes, "My boobies are bouncing," and she's running, and her tits are flopping, and she's giggling about it. You know what I mean? She's always been a simple, sweet Southern belle who just wants her fucking cheesy crits and her cornbread, and there ain't much more to it. So I don't think that Brittany necessarily understands the importance of a filter. Still, oh, you you were still, talking. You were talking about the days of chaotic. 
Oh, yeah, that's weird. Chaos sporadic. Chaotic chaotic. with Kevin God love her. But she's never been the classiest dame. She's never been the most polished. She's always just had a reasonably good team behind her. But I really, right now, I think she said, fuck off to that team. She said, fuck you. I'm wearing my Delias. I'm wearing my peasant tops cropped within an inch of my life so my tits are up to my chin. I'm wearing my low riders. I'm wearing the skirts that are barely three inches of fabric, and the rest of you could go fuck yourselves because this brings me joy. And I think we're just seeing her at her most unpolished, which is really, I think, her happiest. So that's why I take all of this with a grain of salt because I just don't think she's capable of being a whole lot more. But I like her the way. I she love is. her the way she is. I am. There is an extra level of worry that I am, even with all that you say, and I and I, I understand. I get it, but Jesus, Jesus Christ, there was, I was worried before. Yes, the Delia's clothes that should not have been produced after, I don't know, 2001. Who's getting her I have wardrobe? no idea who's getting her Old wardrobe? clothes. But God, Is she fine? I don't know. Well, she, I think she might be fitting into them. And I need to know more, more about Sam Ascari. Ascari? I think that she's got full control over her credit card. I think she goes on that Delia's website and she just clears through it. If people do not know who I speak of, this is her boyfriend of the last two years who is, Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah. The only thing keeping her together, I think. Very sexy. He's a personal trainer. He is. Um, not born in the States. I believe so. I, I thought he was born in Iran, but I need to look it up. Um, I am not saying his name properly. It's his Ashkari. He is, I don't, he is sex on the stick. He is beautiful. Like truly like mama, like mama, like mama, like mama, like, how about you, Roger? How do you feel about Sam Ashkari? Oh, I'd, I'd lick his skin and, off. And I also feel so, like- Oh, if you watch, like, I follow Britney Instagram unapologetically. Unapologetically. I don't care what people say. I love it. I need I need yeah. to watch what's going on with her. And uh, he is a lamb. He has been, he is so good for her, I think. I think he's hired on. Oh, God, so, don't part- say that. Did you see the recent video where she did the, oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. And she like, as though well, it were yeah, 1999. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just an old video of them doing that though. I mean, I do, I look at him and I feel like he looks very pleasant and sedate. <laughs> and I feel like he's the right energy for her to counter her and her very eccentric ways. Cause she's, she's a strange one. That's at the end of the day. I love her. I think she's a oh, weirdo. She's a beautiful, and I think that's beautiful that's weirdo. That 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 is that's, 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 that's like a really good thing to say. Let's that's how we should end this. Britney Spears, our beautiful weirdo, that we love. Yep. This is not, and I don't want it to go away. No, I want her to remain this way, and I want to celebrate the fact that she. I don't want her just to be. I, she's kind of weird during this period, but she's always been weird because she's never yeah. lived a non-weird life. And I love no. the fact that she gives us fans and the yeah. people that don't even know that they're fans yet such a wonderful yeah. weird experience. And we love you, Brittany, and we support you. We do, and as long as you're happy, we don't Brittany, care. Whatever. If you want to shave your head again, honestly, it was very few women could pull that off she, and look as beautiful. Her head was so, her head it. was a perfect shape to do it. Of course, God, of course she was. So honestly, whatever it takes for her to be content, I'm going to support it as long as it's not like hair. Exactly. Wherever it exactly. And it means spinning in Adelia's peasant top in front of the camera uh, and, and fast forwarding it and setting it to some modern <laughs> pop tune and. That brings her joy, man. It brings me joy. Baby, too. I get you. Thank you so much, Roger. Roger, could you before we get off the phone though? We are on the phone because we are social distancing. Because we are that 
good of people. Roger, could you yeah. tell me a little bit, and for the folks listening, about your projects that you directed actually in Ohio? Oh, my God. Thank you for giving me a class. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so it's been five years in the fucking making, but I, um, so I'm, I'm an indie filmmaker. That's my thing. I've worked on projects um, all over the country. Uh, my last thing I did, I, I was filming in Houston. And so I, I've gotten to work with some really great teams, but I did do a feature length film here in Cleveland. It's called Rebirth. It is a modern day, it's kind of a retelling of the classic formula from the uh, horror classic Night of the Living Dead. The original flesh-eating zombie film by George Romero. It takes the the core structure of that, but it really does its own thing in the sense of setting it in a modern setting. Um, the the main thing it takes from Night of the Living Dead is the social commentary. But what we did is we applied the social commentary from today's climate, uh, which is very different, yet still has a lot of the same issues uh, like racism and so forth, homophobia, um, you know, uh, re- Christian extremism, things like that. Uh, And so um, it is a zombie film. It's a horror film uh, that we shot here in the Cleveland area with a huge team. We had over 100 zombies. It was really great. Teresa does come out and have a cameo in several moments. Yes, tiny, but tiny, but memorable. But memorable. Let me tell you, you'll know her. (laughs) And so um, so it's finally uh, it's finally done. I mean, I'm going to be watching Picture Lock next week. And then uh, our original premiere was in July. But with the corona doing what it does, it looks like we're going to be moving back (laughs) October. But um, yeah, I, uh, come come October, we'll be having our premiere here in the Cleveland area, the Capitol Theater. Woo! And so if anybody is of an interest, we have a horror movie fan, a zombie fan, um, an LGBTQ rights activist. That's right. Because <laughs> it's very, it very queer friendly. It's very uh, uh, pro-black. The, the uh, main actor, Swan Harris, uh, does a great job with the role of Ben, dealing with uh, some very turbulent scenarios in the film. Uh, that are thrown at him. So I just think it's a really great talent. I'm very proud of it. So yeah, that'll be coming up. Uh, Like I said, I don't think we're going to be seeing our July premiere just because of what's happening, but look forward to October. Thank you so much, Roger. That is awesome. That is super, that is super exciting. And it's something to look forward to, which we need to keep on looking forward to things right now. So Yes. Thank you. So and support local. Support, support local, local arts. And it's what's really fascinating about being part of um, a film experience in Cleveland, especially when there's somebody who is making high level and uh, like high quality film in Cleveland, which Roger is doing. And this is his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. So this mm-hmm. is a couple years. Uh, yeah. Like, so the work starts like it's not like we're so used to things being immediate, but this is this has been a couple of years in the making, and now they're just doing the finishing touches on it. It is so exciting to see like the ending process of this, but it's so important. Yeah, for, yeah, you know, for, I- for people, for Clevelanders, for supporters yeah. to come out and support all of our artists, especially during this time. So October, September, October, yeah. November, Paul is going to be very critical for artists. I, I, I can't emphasize that more. So yeah, I'm, big- I'm going to say it right now, but like, just know that because mm-hmm. of COVID, I mean, we got to really, we got to really, really, really celebrate and support our artists now. Yes, and and then. as very prominent artistic circle of friends, uh, lots of different genres of artists, uh, whether it be, you know, um, uh, film or music or, you know, any artistic medium. Teresa knows them all. And many a time, if you see some of the guests that she's got on, it's another artist that covers one of these genres. So uh, keep listening to this podcast because she's always going to be promoting uh, local artists and ensuring that they get a platform to share. Yeah. So this, Teresa, you provide a really great platform for people to share their work. That's so important. So thank you. Oh, you are a lamb and I love you for this. And yes, I love this, you more. I love you more. This is, this is my brother. He's a brother from oh, another brother, you. but he is a brother. Uh, thank but, you. But yeah, um, this is this is a conduit for artists, so please reach out to me. I know I'm very 
geeky and pop culture oriented, but reach out to me. Um, I have a lot of connections with other people, so that's what I'm here for. So thank you so much, Roger. Thank you, thank you for having me on oh, your another, show. I love thank that. God we had a COVID-19 related Britney episode. Oh, and thank you to Brittany. Oh, thank for doing you. Oh, thank, oh, believe me, she will follow us out of this episode into something beautiful. Thank you so much. With a really good soundtrack. Absolutely. Fuck yes. You got it, baby. All right. I love you. Thank you for having me. Are you ready? I must confess that my loneliness is killing me now. Don't you know?